but it's like also like video games. There's it's, okay. it sounds fun to play, so I have to buy it so I can know how it is. Thank you, company, for all those promotions I got back to back. Appreciate it. <laughs> Who like last question on Sweetwater? Who's your who's your rep? Wayne. This is what, okay, okay. Mine's Kevin. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Tan. Yeah. yeah. Wayne is definitely mine. not one of those. I think mine's like a mat or something. <laughs> a mat. <Yeah. laughs> mine's a life. Derek. I can't believe you guys aren't on a first name basis. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. All right. We'll get started. Okay. All right. Um, welcome to Ken's conversation. My name is Kenny. Um, not with my dad, Ken. Uh, I figured we'd do something different today. Uh, I wanted to do something kind of music related. For those of you that don't know, uh, I'm in a band called Chased by Giants. It's kind of been a hiatus because of the pandemic and everyone's getting married and all that stuff. Uh, but I am going to do a music on, um, kind of just a lot of backgrounds to see what music is now uh, compared to pandemic pre-pandemic and i have three special guests with me that are kind of into the music scene i have with me spencer freeman and jared welcome guys appreciate it thank you for having us kenny yeah thank you and i, I didn't want to i didn't want to why is freeman's chair higher than everybody <laughs> no, else it's always I one thing after in. another what i do want to know for real though is how you introduced <laughs> us as we got three people that are kind of in the music scene find sort of really somewhat in the, mu- in the music somewhat scene. involved <laughs> they play instruments I think. I, I deal hot dogs at the Bridgestone Arena. <laughs> and you hear music while you deal hot dogs. Yes, so. it's coming from um, <laughs> I just want to go around the table and uh, just introduce yourselves. Uh, and what do you do that's involved music? We'll start with you, Spencer. I am Spencer Ezel, and I am the worship leader here at Miracle Baptist Church, which means I'm Freeman's boss. Nice. <laughs> Freeman. Well, by that introduction, I'm the piano player at this church, and Spencer is my boss. There you go. Uh, I love you, Freeman. I'm just picking on you. What, do you, what do you do as a, as a career? It is music-related, though, uh, right? So so I, I'm into the country music mm-hmm. world, so you know, I think I'm probably the only person in this immediate group that, that does that here in Nashville. But uh, but yeah, into the, the country scene and the radio scene and and all that, which is why I have So you my... work with the radio, mm. more or less. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, uh, Jared? Hey, uh, I play drums here at Miracle Baptist. Spencer's also my boss. <laughs> 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 and every now and again, he lets me count off. <laughs> <laughs> every now and then. Every now and then, yeah. yeah. Sometimes and I want to some... start... And sometimes lets him lead the music when yeah. you're not here. Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah, yeah. And Freeman has helped lead before, so been a huge <laughs> Has help. he really? I don't think I was there for that. I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Wednesday night. Oh, Wednesday night. Okay, 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 yeah. okay, Freeman plays yeah. guitar too, not just piano. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're right. an accomplished fiddle player as well. Well, I do play a mean <laughs> twinkle twinkle little star. You do. You let me hear it. Yeah. We'll get you a simulator. In once you can play <laughs> that. Steel guitar. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you guys because that's kind of how all we got introduced was through the church. I'm you're not my boss because I I volunteer right whenever I can. Uh, but I also chose this group because y'all have different backgrounds in music as far as different genres. So you kind of know like which each music scene, which each genre in the world uh, goes into. So I kind of want to delve more into that. You uh, Freeman, you obviously dealt more in country. Jared, what what music did you grow up or that you mostly delve into? Start started out when I started writing music and producing music and uh, R and B and pop. R and B was pop. my main one. Yeah, uh, more, more recently I'm more focused on Christian music. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you, what did you rock? Grow? Rock, rock all the, the way. same oh, way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it's a long story, but I, I spent my my twenties in rock bands and touring. I've I've been all across the country playing. Yep. So, and that's and that's kind of what I get into. So let's start with the basic question. When did you start getting into music that started to become a, basically a career uh, for each and every one of you? I mean, whoever wants to go first doesn't really matter. Any meeny, miny, Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question again? No, uh, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> whoever's chair is highest gets to go first. <laughs> uh, so so for me, I mean, yeah, I, I grew up on a, a family farm in West Tennessee and uh, the Grand Ole Opry was a, a huge component of my life growing up when I was a kid. Um, I've always kind of recounted that I'm about to be 26, but in my head I'm like 95 because I'm <laughs> very much into the history of country music and all that jazz. So I uh, I grew up listening to WSM radio all the time. Um, 
their air castle signal could, you know, sometimes at night could carry all the way on out. Before they got, you know, doing stuff on the internet, that was mm-hmm. the only way they did it. But now you can, you know, listen in wherever. So I always, um, it's never kind of a question for me whether or not that's what I wanted to do because, you know, if you even go back and listen or like look at some of my like childhood stuff, like, you know, when you ask a kid when you're in kindergarten, like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? They'll be like, I don't know, a astronaut or a fireman or, you know, just something. And they kind of grow out of it. But like when I was a kid, it was like, what do you want to do? I want to grow up and go play at the Grand Ole Opry, Opry. you know, mm-hmm. and that like stayed consistent mm-hmm. throughout everything until, you know, I came to Nashville and got involved with working at WSM for a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, so I for up until COVID kind of happened, yeah. I was, you know, falling right in line with pretty much everything I always had had wanted to do. So mm-hmm. it was a, a major blessing, and and so yeah, I mean that's kind of how I I ventured into it. Nice, um, Spencer. Uh, what about you? Well, uh, I'm from West Tennessee, also, yes. just like my brother here, Freeman. <laughs> Uh, we're actually how how far is Greenfield from Ripley? I think you it's know? only probably maybe an hour, if yeah, that, roughly if that, because yeah, it's just a few counties over. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I moved here in two thousand five, um, but I'm from uh, Northwest Tennessee. I tell people from West Tennessee, and they think Memphis right. immediately. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm on the other end. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, on the Kentucky yeah. side. <laughs> Funny story about uh, me and the music. Um, I grew up in a church of Christ, mm-hmm. which there was no music at all for acapella sure. singing. Yeah. Except that little uh, kazoo yes. that, that, that <laughs> they it, can get away with to get their match. But that's not yeah. an instrument. <laughs> right. Anyway. I don't know if that, I didn't know if that counted as an instrument or not. Mm. But. That could be our next debate. <laughs> <laughs> <You know. Yeah. laughs> we'll do that on part two of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, actually in our music programs, small town, uh, one red light kind of town, 2,000 people. Uh, our music in school went to fifth grade. There was nothing in high school, nothing in middle school, no music at church. So it's funny how I kind of ended up falling into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a, a a musical in fifth grade, and it was actually each grade was doing a different Disney movie, the music <laughs> from those Disney movies. And we did Aladdin. Yeah, nice. So I, there was there was two Aladdins. There was the regular Aladdin and then the Prince Ali. And I was Prince. I was cast as Prince Ali. <laughs> nice. So I got to sing uh, a whole new world with Jasmine. Oh, okay. Gosh. And that was one. Is I liked the movie. I mm-hmm. think I was ten or eleven years old. I, I really liked the movie and the music. So I would just sing along to it. Mm-hmm. And so I got cast in that part and got to sing the lead in that play. Still, your question was, when mm-hmm. did you decide you wanted to do this? Mm-hmm. Even then, it was just kind of like I did that. It was one and done. And the music teacher asked me the year after if I had done if done anything else with my right. singing. And I said, well, not really. She said, well, I really think you should. Wow. So she kind of encouraged me there in you know in fifth grade that mm-hmm. I should be doing something with it. Um, I kind of took a liking to guitar, I guess, about 12 or 13 years old. Yeah. And it was one of those things uh, my dad bought me. And he said, well, you're, you know, you're a teenager. You'll be done with it in a couple of weeks anyway. But, you know, if you want one. And here I am, you know, 20 something years later. still playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, that's I would say 13, 14 is kind of when I started to, to learn to play, um, learning to sing and play at the same time. Those those basics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of when I decided that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I never wanted to go to college or anything after school. I wanted to just take on the music scene yeah uh and i was there for a couple more years i moved here in 2005 um just for more opportunity in, in nashville for music of course and yeah. um mm-hmm. it, and plus the adventure because i came from a small town so right. i was like nashville look yeah. at all this Big stuff they do. look at that bowling alley look at that theater oh my god you know there's just so much going on you yeah. know so uh, I ended up getting with a, a band pretty quickly. I just yeah. put up some flyers. You remember flyer, the mm-hmm. actual paper flyers, yeah, 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 sure. that you put up at Guitar Center. And uh, I got with a band there. I mean, shortly after, within six months of moving here, and uh, we started writing original music. We released albums. Uh, we had merchandise. We played um, all over Nashville. Worked our way out. Um, of course, this, these were all hard rock bands. Yeah, for sure. Um, spent my early twenties doing that. I uh, did a couple solo projects. That um, was a little more um, family friendly, uh, more pop rock, mm-hmm, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a I don't want to say a Keith Urban, but maybe close to that or like yeah. a, a Daughtry yeah, kind of yeah, sound. Yeah. Did that for a few years. Uh, got to play 
I mean, from California down to Florida and all over, uh, then terrestrial radio, internet radio, uh, TV interviews, stuff like that. So nice. that's kind of how I spent my, my twenties doing 20s that. Doing so mm-hmm. nice. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, Jared, we're going to go finally to you. Um, man, I don't know when to start. When I look back and I see pictures of me in diapers watching Bobby <laughs> Jones gospel in front of like a, a, a hippopotamus green piano. I still think my mother has a picture somewhere, but that's probably where it started. Yeah. But, but, um, in church, um, I actually didn't sing. My dad's a pastor, and I was in the gospel choir, but I didn't sing. I lip sing. I didn't want oh. people to know that I could sing. Yeah. So I'd be there just like you I know. used to hum. I would, mm, yeah. I would hum because I was too, you know, yeah. too did, shy to mm-hmm. sing. Did I you know you were good though. <clears throat> to be honest, <laughs> so I, I thought I thought I could hold a tune, yeah. But I said, but I don't want people to find out because I'm like, oh, then they're gonna want me to sing everything. I'm like, no way. <laughs> did you um, sing in the shower? Or in the back, you know sorry, what? I believe I did. I, did. <laughs> I can't. I can't, I probably did, especially now. Like, there's not a day goes by I don't sing a show. <laughs> but um, but it wasn't until I was 13 when I started. I actually started writing first. Before I started singing, yeah. uh, I was writing stories and this and that. And then, so I met this girl uh, who I never really talked to. It was at a skate town event back in Boston. Um, and I liked her, but I didn't talk to her. I was too shy. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I went home and wrote a song about her. <laughs> Put it on a cassette tape. Yep. Remember those? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And My t- first album was on a cassette tape. Right? Well, how do you multi-track record on a, on a cassette tape? You got a karaoke one, machine. Yep. Take one tape, put it on the other side, record, switch them. So that's how I recorded my yep. first yeah. song. And, and it was since then that I knew I had the bug for it, had the itch for it, yeah, writing yeah. and recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for like, seriously, I want to be a baseball player. While this oh, was wow. going on, I stopped growing and they started yeah. pitching too fast. So mm-hmm. I said, no way, I'm not doing this. Uh, so serious business, um, 18, 19 was when I said, okay, I want to do this as a career. Um, and I started recording a demo. I was going to do the label thing. But then even at that time, I was like, you know what? Something this something just doesn't feel right. I want to write first and I want to write more. So I spent most of my twenties writing, writing mm-hmm. and recording, uh, and uh, doing music for like film and television. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Did you notice, um, Jared, after you, you did the karaoke machine mix, after you did that four or five times, how muddy the mix Absolutely. was. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, and, and you couldn't mix it. No. You know, yeah, and, uh-uh. and I didn't know about uh, mic placement at that time. You mm-hmm. know, so it's just, you know, you're right. You put everything on there. and Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't have an extravagant background in music like you guys do. It was just more of a kind of like, I want to be in a band. My, my friends are in a band and play music. So I, that's how I kind of started to where I didn't go into music probably not until towards the end of high school. Um, I came in as as a band member of the praise band team uh just did music i thought it was cool um i grew up kind of in the emo area of of rockish um and i was kind of like going everywhere on music and i kind of just like well i think i'm i think i kind of like this stuff so that's why i wanted to play and you know that praise band started to evolve into you know a band and then we wanted to tour and stuff. Probably not as much as you did, um, but we definitely, it was definitely a dream. Uh, and now we kind of just play for fun most of the time. Um, I wanted to ask, because of this recent pandemic, how has music been affected um, in, in y'all's genre or something that you've noticed? Uh, how has that affected artists, um, you know, during this time of pan- of the pandemic? As, as a child of the uh, of the 90s, um, you made your income mm-hmm. from touring live and unit sales like mm-hmm. CDs, cassettes, mm-hmm. merchandise, stuff like that. Of course, the turn of the century happens. Everything's digital. It's streaming. You don't mm-hmm. get paid for your music. So I know a lot of labels uh, began doing the 360 deals where they're taking money from your merch. They're mm-hmm. taking money from your Everything. live events. Right. Well, guess what? During a pandemic, there's no live events. Mm-hmm. That's the only place you had income coming yeah. from. Yeah. So I know, I don't know that many people personally. I do know a few um, that played downtown and it was just, it's complete famine mm-hmm. last right. year after all this happened. Yeah. And it, it it's just interesting to see how artists survive. I know probably most of them just stayed home and kind of just maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe they just depend on their, the ones that are signed up for their um, record label to kind of Mm -hmm. provide for them for the time being until something goes away. And maybe just people just hearing music, uh, downloaded music through like Apple Music or Mm -hmm. Spotify. But even, even we know, even I know as our band, when we looked at this, at the pay scale, it's, 
it's not that much Less compared to like merchandise or something right. that you can actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Have you guys seen like on Facebook or YouTube of artists like maybe trying to get utilize something differently during the pandemic? Um, um, have you guys seen anything like that? I've seen more, more artists trying to do the live stream thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, to be honest, I mean, and back in Boston, I was in a wedding band for like seven years, leasing a wedding band. And it was cool because even once I moved down here, I would fly back up every now, every now and again. Mm-hmm. That all shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of felt like, okay, well, all these artists, sign artists, writers, and that nobody can make a solid income just from music. Um, so what do they do? And then everybody flocks to that same thing. So a lot of it was, okay, well, live stream stuff, put stuff on Facebook. But then that quickly became saturated. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, well, if you got all the, okay, everybody's online, but if you got, I don't know, thousands, tens of thousands of artists doing it, okay, you got five people here. So I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was ever a viable means. And again, I haven't done it myself, uh, but for those who've done it, I'm not sure if it was sustainable. And more often yeah. than not, these musicians uh, and artists would be getting other jobs. I mean, mm-hmm. more often than not, you, unless you're that superstar status or, or or the upper middle class musician, you're you're working another job mm-hmm. while while you're doing music. Uh, that's that's been the story of my life, yeah. having a career alongside music. Yeah, right, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I've always been the same way. Yeah, that's sort of the thing that uh, it seems so great to be in an era where releasing your music mm-hmm. and putting your music in a place where anybody in the world can find you mm-hmm. seems amazing yeah. you know beforehand as you know in, in 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s everything was brick and mortar right. and unless you had major distribution deals yep. and a record deal you know you couldn't walk into walmart mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know find you know whatever artist so that seems great but yeah. on the other hand exactly what you're saying there's so much noise because yeah. now everybody can do mm-hmm. it so everybody's fighting to find a way to Stand out out. above everybody else Mm -hmm. and how you do that whenever, especially in a time like this, Mm -hmm. it seems to be your only avenue is online in some capacity, whether that is through doing music, through um, doing live streams or just, you know, you're releasing stuff Mm -hmm. or whatnot. Everything seems to be through a cell phone of some caliber. Mm -hmm. And when you have so much noise in that, it it makes it, it, like you said, it's nearly impossible. How do you get found? Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it's, it seems like the the song itself has become less as a, a work of art, like a painting you hang in an art museum, and it's more of a trading card now. You know, as especially as- with vinyls that like the, I feel like they've they've come back not just for the sound quality. Mm-hmm. I think it's more on the aesthetics because mm-hmm. I've had friends where they buy a whole ton of vinyls. They'll either put it in a stack where it looks nice in their furniture mm-hmm. Or I've seen a lot of them get like wall placements and it's basically mm-hmm. an art gallery wow. on their wall or something like wow. that. Yeah, so. you sit down. And even when in my time uh, with the with CDs, you have the CD booklet that came mm-hmm. with the CD. I mean, you listen to the you pop the CD in, you listen to it, you're flipping through the mm-hmm. pages, you're reading lyrics, you're looking at pictures. There was it was in more of an experience, mm-hmm. whereas music can become sometimes just something going in the background. It was more of, a, you know, the same yeah. thing with vinyl. You could sit down with the with the cover and look at the artwork and, and read more about the artist where it was recorded and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. vinyl, CD, cassette, or digital for any of you. Mm. You missed eight track. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Eight track. And okay. So that's that, Freeman's I, answer. I actually, I actually prefer wax cylinder. <laughs> from the Edison machine. Oh, you should, so you crank it. Oh yeah. There that's a consumer like part. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I was the guy that had the huge CD booklet flipping yes. through yep. it in the car. Same thing. Yep. So yep. the convenience of, well, my phone's actually recording us, but the convenience <laughs> of having, you know, thousands of songs at your, your fingertips, mm-hmm. it's convenient. Mm-hmm. And another parallel to that is, you know, oh, Netflix and Hulu, this mm-hmm. is great. But you're not going into a brick and mortar store, mm-hmm. looking at all yeah. the cover art, picking, you know, get a go into a blockbuster. Yeah, for sure. Because that's yeah. some good childhood memories. Mm-hmm. Just walking into a video store, renting yeah. a video game or a movie. And, and mm-hmm. you know, there was nothing more disappointing than going into a movie store or whatever and looking behind the cover. <laughs> and it's not and there. It's there. Oh Somebody's already rented yes. it. Yes. Ah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Absolutely. We all know the feeling. It's CDs for me. That's what I grew up. Yep. I mean, and I the I bought 
okay, the hit on top of that question mm-hmm. was the last time you bought a CD. Because mm-hmm. for me, it was it was last year. I will yeah. still go in and buy a CD if I can. Now, it's weird because my car no longer has a CD player. No. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, so I have to, so I, I put it in uh, my CD player, put it on my computer, and I put the music in my computer. Yeah, yeah. But I want that quality. I want that yeah. wave quality, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been more of a cassette player mostly because the old module that played it i just loved the sound that it made uh, so like you just put it in the slot yeah and, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah 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 so i <laughs> that's the only reason why i have it and there are some modern bands that do a cassette player but i don't know if if that's become a continuing thing i haven't looked yet because there mm-hmm. was a website where i had to look and like uh, blah 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 oh my band has a the band that i like has a cassette player wow. I'll, I'll go buy one or whatever and of course it's really just a cassette and nothing else. You don't, you have like some arts, but there's no like, for the example, the CD mm-hmm. where you get that booklet and you like look at what the lyrics say yeah. and then what it meant or whatever. Um, so that was kind of my thing that I kind of wish stayed true, but I can know, I know it's a very delicate process to make those things. Mm-hmm. The uh, thing, the thing with those, see, I, I have been and still am and always was, I'm a huge vinyl collector of especially old country stuff. And, one of the biggest things that, that I love just from being uh, as a country music historian mm-hmm. and all the different instruments that I love is that I would love to go through and I want to know who played yeah. on mm-hmm. every single one of these. Mm-hmm. And some of and like just for country music, you know, whoever played steel guitar. And most of the time in town, you know, in Nashville at that time, you had what was known as the A-Team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Same guys yeah, yeah. were playing on everybody's yeah. records mm-hmm. in town. I mean, there were stories of, there's one story that I find absolutely hilarious. It was Vince Gill. Um, it was one of his first big hits that he ever had. Um, and there was a piano solo that he wanted in here. And they called some piano player who had done like four sessions in that day and they were like hey you know can you get over here we need a really cool piano solo on this it was like two o'clock in the morning guy comes in you know does it in one take whatever well you know time goes by the record becomes a big number one hit and there's a big you know hit party for vince gill and the guy comes and it's like vince you know congratulations on that record man it's awesome hey quick question for you who played on that? And he was like, "Wow, you did." And he's like, "Wow, that's cool. like, oh, right. wow, so, yeah. that's fantastic." And and like just to be able to sit through and look at at each of those things, I love that. Yeah. And now I kind of, I mean, you, you can you can kind of find if you really dig on the internet mm-hmm. to find out who played on different yeah, stuff, but sure. just to have like the credits listed there, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I really, I thoroughly enjoy mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. part of. Of record, and, yeah. it, and it's crazy. You talk about studio musicians. You know, we've all been in the studio with several different musicians, but now, I mean, with the technology now that you can, you know, you can just tap out the drums. Mm-hmm. You can add a, you know, a smart bass. It plays bass for you. Right. Depending on what key and you you're in. You also don't need a huge rig to play live because I bought, no. I bought that pedal board that I occasionally play with um, for church service mm-hmm. before, and I just they had it simulated back then. People preferred tube setting like tubular amps and stuff but mm-hmm. now the processors are probably fast enough to emulate nice the, the sounds the last church i played at i would bring my electric and play and uh i would actually just go through uh a midi converter into my phone or my ipad mm-hmm. pop up my garage band find whatever uh amp- amplifier that i wanted nice and just Ox out to this, yeah. There we go. I didn't Mm -hmm. need an amplifier, Mm -hmm. yeah. But digital, (laughs) I know (laughs) it's amazing. And and that's kind of, I feel like, isn't that most recordings now? It's mostly all digital now, where you could kind of, you could kind of figure out like this sounds digitally recorded compared to like, oh, this is like raw. And and then when you do it in today's society, in today's studios. It feels it feels like it's more confusing. I, I, I used yeah. to I used to be so 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 good, <laughs> and I could tell you if that piano is real or if that piano is not mm-hmm. until Keyscape. Keyscape, Sonic. Shout out to Keyscape. I mean, like, and now I sit there, and it is so. I mean, because there there's other programs that have come before mm-hmm. that can like when they started emulating like the sound of a like pedal noise yeah. whenever you press down the sustain pedal there's a certain amount of air right. that releases inside right. the piano mm-hmm. that before that hmm. digital you know regular keyboards don't capture that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. but now like 
it, they have all that ambience yeah. and, into all that, and I, I cannot, I cannot tell. <laughs> they they record it all. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and, and they'll spend the money. So the the ones like Heatscape that cost a good amount of money, uh, at least in my book, for you, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, they record with the world class microphones and world class suits. So it right. is the sound. Yeah. And, and so it's no longer just a digital kind of emulation. Of, it is true it's recording. The sound it is, and it's all in a matter of the way how you play it. Because right. that's the thing. All the guitars, same thing. Strings, same thing. How are you playing? How are you recording articulations? Are you taking the time? This is what I don't like about some some MIDI pack programs yeah. that come mm-hmm. out and like, oh, yeah, anybody. I'm like, no, 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 no. Study the craft. Study the articulation. Do it right. You can do it digitally, but right. do it right. Yeah. Like hone the craft. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get into a whole thing about you that. You can <laughs> if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can. Well, that's you just it. it. Well, a lot of my albums, we had a you know a real tube amp mm-hmm. and a Fender Strat. Yeah. And then you plug in a, a Line 6 head after that. You're like, Oh, it just sounds so processed mm-hmm. and just, oh. Yeah. I had a Line 6 uh, Spider, Spider 3, that had the emulated amps. Mm. And I could already Ew. tell. I know, I know, I was going Ew. cheap. I was going cheap. <laughs> but Gross. when we recorded it, this I was, was over, Kenny. I, I, I know. I was just, I was just like, it's like, and this is where I got the bad taste of solid state stuff. It was just like, Oh, this is, I don't feel it's not beef. There's no meat at all when I record it or try and even play it live. It was just like, I need something big. And now I went overboard and got an orange four by 12 cab, an amplifier like that cost too much uh, for a high schooler. Uh, (laughs) But. Let uh, me know now if you need money and just loan it. Yeah, Freeman. just ask right? Freeman. Freeman's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I immediately to where like <laughs> I just needed something, I mean, at this point just to get by, but I also didn't want to go ch- too cheap. And mm-hmm. so, uh, for example, Line 6 has done, has evolved tremendously using any kind of futuristic technology that was available to them mm-hmm. to where – uh, you can get the sound you need off of the board digitally and have it all preset for travel sakes. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes even recording. Not to say that you always want to have something like that in a live setting. I feel like in a live setting, you need to have that wall of cab- mm-hmm. <laughs> cabinet at a live a live event. Well, you said something important. You said depending upon the sound you're going for, and you're exactly right. There, it's it's. I love watching the debates on Facebook and all in the in the message boards, <laughs> the digital versus analog. This this this, and everybody's like, okay, it's all about. People say it's all about the sound, but mm-hmm. I go take a step further. It's all about the sound that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're doing a record and you want that cheapy type of sound, you have to get that. You're right. not going to go and get the exp- You know, yeah. uh, it all depends on that. What are you trying to craft? Mm-hmm. Are you aiming for it and are you getting it? If you are, okay. It could cost a dollar. It could cost a thousand. If it's what you're looking for, it's doing its job. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of what I was looking for. And I guess you guys had probably more education experience than I have. Um, But I was right there kind of like looking at like, well, uh, tube versus solid state. What's the difference? Why does it matter? Um, How how big of a cabinetry do I have? Should I have a – should I get the orange – uh, orange amp head? Should I get the uh, Mesa Boogie amp head? Mm. What's the difference between the mm. two? Uh, should I get a PV? It's like, no, you don't want to go PV. If you want to go metal, you go PV. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you mentioned how much stuff to and what, what kind of wall of sound you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one rock band I was in. We we got to a club and uh, the, the the guy the sound guy came out and said, "You're the." You're the band with all that stuff, aren't you? <laughs> so we'd have, you know, the, the dual cabs, and I mean, just wow. oh yeah, they just. Of course, you're in a rock band. You want that that on stage. Yeah. 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 So everyone's played on a stage. Tell me your worst experience on a stage. What was the worst experience you've ever had? Hmm. <laughs> oh my god! I've got one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if they if they might be watching on here, but oh well. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Cincinnati, Ohio. Playing a place up there called uh, Dirty Jacks, I think yeah. is the name of it. And one of the musicians uh, tarried long at the wine before the show. And tarried long. Tarried long at the wine. And I imagine he was not quite able to perform. <laughs> he sipped a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm sitting here singing, bass players beside me, right. you know, and got the uh, guitar. We got a guitarist on uh, stage right and stage left. All of a sudden you hear, bah! I'm just, just like, I'm like, what? And I look over the bass players doing this 
and the guitar player is gone. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay. And I'm in the middle of a song. I mean, what do you, you don't stop. <laughs> yeah. So I look over, the bass player plays, he goes over and turns his amp off and just keeps playing. Wow. And what had happened I was... I love the commitment of <laughs> right? the bass players. Like... Didn't miss a note. <laughs> wow. But on the stage, uh, there was uh, little aisleways on each side of the stage. So what had happened was he felt he took a wrong step, oh. fell off the stage, boom, wow. and he was down there just going, wow. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So we he, got, he was trying to keep playing, too. I know. Be honestly, honestly, I don't remember what happened after that but i do know when we got done with our set the bass player said can we fire him <laughs> i was like yes oh gosh and i think wow. he slept in the truck the rest of the wow. night <laughs> wow and i've got more but that's one of them yeah. so. okay we'll we'll save the next one for <laughs> you got one wrapped up uh i'm usually pretty perfect <laughs> <laughs> no uh i will say i don't it was embarrassing. It wasn't necessarily really my fault per se, right. but um, I was playing a show. I was in Kentucky. I was in a little town called Draffensville, Kentucky. I was playing the uh, Kentucky Opry, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a there was a, a piano that they had there that I had not checked of any mm. caliber or whatnot. Ooh. No, no, um, I know where this is going. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I mean, there there was a lot of people. At yeah. the show, and they didn't have, they never had anybody play the piano. It right. was always somebody that does like guitar or something <sighs> else. But they're like, oh, we got, we got a piano. No need to bring <laughs> one. Whatever. It's got a plant on it. You can use it. And, I mean, it was like, this was, and I, and I at this time, I was like 13. Like yeah. this was, I was young. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. young. And I, and even at that age though, like I knew, like as soon as I looked at that piano, I'm like, that thing looks like a casket. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like, dang. this is about to be rough. It's one of those giant uprights. Upright, yeah. So you were I, expecting it more. Oh, or less. I, I looked and like, and I couldn't go play the piano before yeah. I went and took the stage. Yeah. You oh, know? wow. Yeah. And like, cause there was no time to do any of that kind of stuff, but it was, I was going to go out and play and, you know, do whatever. And, uh, the, the piano was so old. I remember looking at it. <laughs> And if you open the thing, so like back in the day, piano tuners used to like, they would stamp, put put your little stamp in there. Some of them still do to t- let you know where to like call if you need it retuned or whatever. The phone number in that piano was three. <laughs> That's good. Wow. Are you serious? Phone number was three. That was the Morse code yeah. uh, number. Yeah. So anyway, so I go out there. Not, not, only, not only is this piano insanely bad out of tune. Right. The key starts sticking over this thing. So, you know, like I'm playing and I mean, there was a decent crowd there. I can't Mm. remember exactly how many people, but I was like playing some some kind of old country stuff or whatever. I didn't even really sing at that point, but it was just like. It was a train wreck. It was like if I put the sustain pedal down and never let it up ever ever oh and played gosh. yeah just yeah it was terrible oh, and, I, no. and like and i didn't know what to do because i'm yeah. like do i you just keep play playing? through you can't, it yeah. yeah it's like do, do you stop yeah. you can't stop i honestly you know? was kind of impressed with myself because i started analyzing i'm like well that note doesn't sound as bad yeah. mm-hmm. as that, that one? one so i'm gonna start just kind of using <laughs> yeah. these just, notes it. yeah mary had a little lamb at least you time. didn't have to sing it because that probably would have been a little bit worser yeah nobody would have known if i sang out of tune <laughs> no way they could have now matched wow. against that piano. Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah. Uh do you want to go? I don't really have one that that sticks out. I mean, I have experiences that are horrible on stage like when you can't hear yourself. That's one. Mm, Hate that. Happens All, every Sunday. Right, well, oh yeah, no. Sure. <laughs> Turn me up. Has anybody ever sang an entire song flat or sharp? Because you can't hear. Mm. Probably. Yeah. Not that I can remember. <laughs> Maybe that's a rock band By thing. Kenny. Have you ever done that? Mm. I, I've done it to where like it's it's kind of there, uh-huh. but I feel like something's off, and then you notice that one of us is out yep. out of sync. That monitor something. mix is so bad that you start wrong and you can't fix it mid song, so yep. you sing the entire song wrong. <laughs> thankfully, we I've catch. Thankfully, we catch it. I, I don't think I've ever experienced. Our worst experience has to deal with. We were going to play it at a festival up in. Uh, What's north of Tennessee? Not Clarksville, Ports. Portland? Portland, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to have this festival. I think they still do it. I, I'm sorry. I don't remember the name. Uh, but we, uh, previously before that, we were at the lake having a good time. And I had to leave early to go to work. So they were they were on a jet ski. Someone, someone had a jet ski and they were just, you know, having fun at the lake. 
And apparently, uh, I got a message, I think the day, it was two days before the event, that our bassist uh, jumped off and hit a rock that was hidden in mm. the water. And and then, he, you know, of course, he had to go to the hospital to take a look at it and um, see if there was any infections or anything. Uh, but they took him to the hospital and... From what I understand from what he told me, he was just worried about, like, can I play? And I was thankful, but I was I think we were all (laughs) like, I think we need to make sure you're okay. Yeah. And um, so unfortunately, they said we have to have you over the weekend. Um, Unfortunately, you can't do anything. And so we were like we were already set for this event and like and like. He was mostly half of the vocals for a lot of our set songs, and we had no time to prepare for anything. Um, So at the last minute, uh, we could take care of the lyrics if um, um, Joseph Dark Angelo would take up that notch, and then we just need someone to fill in for bass player, but they have to learn our songs. So we asked Mm. one of the guys... That was that helped us get to get into the festival, but and he was also one of the leaders, the volunteer leaders. Just like, look, this is a last minute thing. Our here's the situation with our bassist player. We need a bassist. Mm-hmm. Um, so he agreed to it, and he tried his best. God oh. bless his heart. <laughs> uh, we because we just played differently, even though we told him like all the all the notes and stuff that we played. It was just like, mm. and. And that was that was very hard to get through while trying to keep the composure of trying to have fun yeah. in our sets because yeah. we always had fun. And anyway, so we we got through that. We got in touch with another band. They all like cheered us up. Um, and then and then to cheer our bassist player, I decided to try and dye my hair red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it <laughs> faded to pink. <laughs> so uh, I try to hide. You should do that again. Kid. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to hide that from my boss, and I like wearing a hat. And he was like, "Why do you have a hat on, Mister Rochelle?" He's like, uh, "I, you know, whatever." It's like I see something. Mm. Take your hat off. Oh, mm. No, I'm good. Take your hat off. <laughs> Boy, that whole day, I was just like, you're going to take that off the whole time. Like, can I not? Especially when customers come in. Oh, wow. You know what that reminds me of, mm. Kenny, is um, our fall fest <coughs> that we just had, we just went through. And we were oh, unsure gosh. if your drummer was going to make it. So oh, you asked yeah. me to play drums in a pinch. Yes. So I was sitting in the church with my phone listening wow. to your songs on yes. Apple Music. And I think there was three or four that were not on that album. Yes. So I was going in completely yes. blind. Wow. He did come in. He did show up. And I think that was the first time I've seen y'all live. Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> it was almost the same situation. And that one, that one was also permissible because it was, it was possible that he might've been exposed to COVID. Thankfully right. he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to make that call, but yeah, yeah that I don't was know. Scary. I don't know if I could have hung with that. Cause it was. Yeah. Well, we, that's that's basically chased by giants. We just go through a whole bunch of stuff. And for me, I would have like, done the best I could, Kenny. And for me, like my thing, my fault has always been breaking strings. Oh. And like, because that that time where I said, "Does anybody have an extra guitar?" Mm. And they were like, "I broke my string." And I think everyone thought I was joking. Oh, wow. I was like, "No, I s- literally broke my string." Mm. That's happened more often anywhere that we play, and I'm so bad at like testing the strings and making sure. Like, did I change this a month ago? It'd be yeah. fine. Mm. You know, I, it's been years since I've broken a string, even at home, and yeah. I've done it on stage before, especially in you know playing rock concerts, mm-hmm. but. Do you remember like a couple of months ago mm-hmm. at church on yeah. a Wednesday yeah. night, yeah. brand new Elixir strings. <laughs> I'm playing in the middle of the first song on my acoustic guitar yeah. at church. Nothing too complicated. And boom, mm-hmm. it just breaks off. Mm-hmm. I just, Elixir. I kept going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was it the B string? It was the B no, string. <laughs> no, I think it was actually the A. Oh. Yeah. The, the, the A? Yeah, the A. That was... A- you should write it. You yeah, should write a factory a, defect. I know. Yeah. yeah. You, should write, you should write a letter to Elixir. To break an elixir I know. Right? Yeah, oh yeah. I know. It's supposed to be the best, right? Well. Elixir. We're talking to you. Supposedly. <laughs> Elixir.com. <laughs> if you want your strings to break randomly, 
<laughs> there goes any sponsorship yeah, opportunity. I know, I know, right? <laughs> but that opens the platform for anybody. anybody, anybody. Any other How you doing, Diodario? <laughs> I'm sponsored by Diodario. Lecture stream. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but so in this music day and age, we all know that music keeps trending on. What and you mentioned about flyers on like basically to get your band more exposures and mm-hmm. any artists uh and freeman you're you're also an artist as well what are some things uh what are some things now in this day and age to get yourself more exposure for artists to get more exposure i think for me at least i have poured a substantial amount of time uh cultivating my facebook page mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i have worked on substantially but a lot of that is it is an advertising. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, I literally, I spend and have spent thousands of dollars mm-hmm. into getting my content, not just blanketed out there, but it's strategic target marketing of going, okay, I know what kind of music I do. I know that I do mostly traditional country music. I'm going to try to align this and create ad things that will put this mm-hmm. in the newsfeed yeah. of people that are going to like this yep. kind of stuff. Right. And through that, like, you know, I, I don't want to say that I've got millions upon millions of fans or anything, mm-hmm. but I do have, you know, several thousand people that I've never met. Mm-hmm. Some yeah, that live sure. in like, I've got one lady who lives in Seattle mm-hmm. who I have never met. And she just thinks that I'm like George Strait. Yeah, wow. sure. she, she lo- I mean, and I've got this one lady in Georgia who she, she hand writes and mails me letters. Wow. Right the time. So cool. Never, never met her, never done any of that wow. stuff. But like. They hear your music and you connect with them and, you know, they're fans. They don't know the difference Mm -hmm. as to whether or not you're, you know, got a big label deal and all over on It's all about about the song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because to them, I mean, if you've got good quality stuff, they don't Mm -hmm. care. They're not going to be like, oh, well, that seems really good. Now, yeah. what label are you on? Yeah. That would be yeah. great yeah. if you were actually signed to Geffen. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A&M. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. I, it's, uh, Freeman hit it right on the head. Because this, I, I'm, this is going to get into the nerdy part of the conversation because yeah. I love this stuff. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and I, I have, uh, again, well, shout out to this guy. His name is, um, oh my gosh, what's his last name? Brian. Brian Hazard or Hazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, PassivePromotion.com. He is constantly putting up how he's promoting, what he's trying, this and that. And so I, I scoured this blog. And what I found was, that, yeah, even for myself, Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Because even now when you hear about Instagram algorithms, Spotify, playlists, it's still like a – I don't want to call it a crapshoot because it's not. I don't want to say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, but it's 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 a guessing game. It's a toss-up. Right. Are you going to get on a Spotify playlist? Now, yeah. again, who is putting out music? Sure, you always try to uh, get yourself on an editorial playlist or whatever. Yeah. Maybe try to reach out to a few playlists. But – when you can have that direct connection, mm-hmm. just uh, have two ads going right now. I just put out a quick plug. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it. Uh, I did a first cover version, Michael Jackson, Baby Mine. Uh-huh. Put it out last Friday. And I was very strategic. Hmm, okay, who's going to like this? Well, not just fans that like Michael Jackson, fans that like Thriller. Mm-hmm. So you, so I would get into the ad and say, okay, people that like Michael Jackson, Thriller. Okay, in the U.S., uh, also must like uh, uh, streaming platforms. And you have to put in. And so when you do that, Sorry to give Facebook so much love, but I mean, they're really good at it. Okay, 24,000 people are are in this bracket. Mm -hmm. Here's who's going to, and that's how you do it. And when they're clicking and and, and like your stuff, that connection is really, anything other than that, even getting on a Spotify playlist where it gets you hundreds of thousands of of, of plays, are you connected with any of those people? Mm -hmm. Is Spotify going to give you that data? Right. Because if not, what's it really worth? So I I truly think anything that's going to allow you to directly connect with people that already like what you do. Mm -hmm. Right and build that bad boy yeah, yeah. there's nothing like it yeah I, th- I can feel like it's the same thing especially i've started to notice that trend more so on the social media platform um tiktok because mm, there was yeah. a, there was a band that like for example i listen to punk punk rock stuff so occasionally i'll like see someone do a cover of uh one of my favorite songs and then by either tapping on their profile that goes into their profile there's some algorithm i think they tag you into like oh we see that you like Mm. listen to this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and then so they kind of give you that like the likeness or similarities of of bands and then there was one band it was it just came out of nowhere and they only posted one video in their tiktok to where like it was it was it was an interesting band because it was like um multi-cultural 
punk rock band. It was like an Asian dude, a guitar. A, a, a African American wow. guitarist, which in a punk rock band you don't see those very often. I've in punk never rock, uh, <laughs> African American drummer, wow, and like some Indian bassist or something. That's it was very, very cool. multicultural. I'm wow. like, and I listen to their stuff, and I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> like, I'm glad I found this band. This was interesting. Nice. So, so it's very interesting to see like all these social media platforms, and because I, because I was the same way in our band. In order to like get to know people like here's a flyer of us here check us out or whatever and as far as verbally but i feel like dig the digital way of getting yourself out there is the way to go and if you don't invest into it and know your people it's not going to go anywhere whereas back in our day <laughs> you know you had the record labels doing a blanket mass promotion which mm -hmm. they still do mm -hmm. yeah but now like freeman was saying earlier it's so easy to get your stuff out there mm -hmm. But that's only half the battle. Yeah. That personal connection with the yes. fan, yeah. cutting out that middleman yes. of the record label right. and going directly to the to the fan. Yeah, but you got to find the fans. Yeah, because yeah, you think about how many people, you know, the stuff that you're putting out. How many people that if they heard it and if it was put on that massive platform would go, wow, mm -hmm. I, I really like yeah. this. Mm -hmm. But if you can't find those people and mm -hmm. you can't connect, mm -hmm. you know, you might as well sit in your bedroom and do nothing. Yeah, and it's sure. a, it is a okay. I can put out. Give me a million dollars. And I can blast X, Y, Z on mass. Okay, mm -hmm. what is that worth? If you really ask me, absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Because I've created no value with the person. Mm -hmm. They're already going to be on to the next X, Y, Z video. Right. I'm not worth anything to them. I I'm just a, a piece of their attention span. Mm -hmm. So like you said, that investment. Mm -hmm. is, and again, we may hopefully uh, we'll see this when the live scene comes back, that people will invest more. And, and, and we talked about music, that pendulum music, where we're in that digital, okay, just a song. Maybe we're going to get back to a point where where music fans are truly investing in, man, I really want to look at these credits. I really want to see uh, uh, why they wrote that song. I mean, it, it's worth it. It really mm -hmm. is because that connection is not just another song. You said how many songs? I think it was 40,000 songs in 2018, 40,000 songs a day. Was on Spotify. As wow. of right now, it's yeah. sixty thousand. Mm. In two years, twenty thousand songs per day has increased. So how do it's about the connection? It, it has. It can't yeah. be about anything else. Yeah, it's about the connection and getting to the chorus within thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't, you're skipping. It's been down to like eight thirty seconds yeah. now. I think it's even squeezed even more than that now. Twenty eight seconds. Get to that chorus. <laughs> yeah. Get to the hook. Quick. Are you gonna lose them? Hook them. Mm. Wow. No joke. <laughs> Some songs should just start with the chorus. Yeah, that's good. Some yeah. of them like, do. like to stick around. The verses are at the, the end. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I think some of them do. Like they don't sing the chorus, but like they start the intro with with that. Mm -hmm. um, I do that a lot, or yeah. even instrumentally, just play the chorus instrumentally. Mm -hmm. Well, and then at the end of the day, here's what I always go back to, and and hopefully we can all get back to this. If we think about what made us love music. It wasn't about any of that stuff. No. Like we just loved it. We didn't care how long the song was. We just mm -hmm. it was just the music. And so it was so connection and music. Um, but yeah, when I would love to get back to that. I really would. Yeah, in, I a, really way, would. in a way it's kinda like looking this is kind of maybe a weird comparison, but you look at sports. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of these athletes that they look at that they consider to draft or whatnot are stats on a paper. Mm. But that doesn't necessarily, you know, that doesn't necessarily indicate exactly how they're gonna perform or mm -hmm. whatnot. So yeah, it was like you said, when you're looking at doing no nobody cared about the song, oh, it's three minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, we gotta gotta cut that that and if it can be quicker than that, better. And mm -hmm. it needs to be up and it, everything needs to yeah. be all rise and all this yeah. other kind of stuff. Yeah. Perfect yeah. pitch correction. I, yeah. <laughs> We use, auto -tune. we use auto-tune, waves, and melody all in this vocal. And we spent four hours comping that take. Would you, yeah. would you word go, by word. I know we've all seen our our our, uh, our vocals represented on a graph, and you're like, just a tad bit flat right there. Uh -huh. Okay, good. Uh -huh. Man. Oh. Or you want to sound like T-Pain? Yeah. <laughs> it cannot be imperfect. Man. Oh. I'm just, I'm hoping, I really am hoping that the the music industry is cyclical in that way mm -hmm. to where we get, we go through all this where we're so uh, bombarded with noise that eventually we get, I mean, vinyl is coming back yeah. where we get back to the point where the song is appreciated as a work of art. Yes. It's yes. not just, yes. you know, on to the next thing. I'm hoping we get to that point where we just get tired of this and then there's going to be some kind of, of 
you know, uprising, yeah. a grassroots yeah. uprising yeah. somewhat. Yeah. Well, see, like, and, and I've had conversations with many people in the country music industry, and I remember right before I came to work at the Opry, Pete Fisher, who was the general manager for, like, several years at the Opry, he always talked about, at least in country music, it is this pendulum of things kind of, you know, they go to one side and they go back, and, you know, I won't go through all the history of it, mm -hmm. but if you study every decade, that's kind of, what it did when hank williams was on the scene everything was on honky tonk and everything mm -hmm. but when hank williams died tragically yeah. country music in nashville instantly shifted to this we want everything to be prim and proper mm -hmm. people started wearing suits you had people um you know doing doing songs like she'll have to go and everybody's doing like this kind of operatic thing it was wow. the nashville sound yeah they wanted to clean it up a little yeah. bit well then they got sick of that and then here comes waylon jennings and willie nelson and mm -hmm. then you've got that kind of stuff and, yeah and it just kind of it always kind of constantly goes back and forth but the thing i have always been for the past several years in country music when i say i like and in, in, in you know am into country music there's very few things that are current on radio that mm. i listen to and the reason is because exactly what you're saying it does not feel real mm. and the thing with country music and it's not necessarily the same in other genres in some right. cases it might be but i just speak to what i know yeah. country music is stories about real people mm. in real life situations mm -hmm. whenever i've got luke bryan <laughs> singing a song about you know checking his cell phone every 20 seconds to see yeah. if a girl texts him when he's 40 years old and married with kids wait a minute please don't tell me there's a real song like that yes yes there is <laughs> i open my eyes reach for my phone not a word from you baby there's also a country yeah. song that's about a boat instead of uh what was what is it uh they they rather like you have you have a choice between your wife or your boat and the guy says well see ya and <laughs> he goes with his boat instead of his wife something like that I forgot what it was called but kind my dad loves we it. Live. <laughs> yeah I mean it's just it's one of those things that now there's always going to be some give and play for just songs that are fun and mm -hmm. whatnot but mm -hmm. whenever the majority of the basis is it's meaningless garbage mm -hmm. and that's kind of one of the things that I think struck me away from my writing is that whenever I first came to Nashville I wrote songs that were literally things i had been through mm -hmm. and i strayed yeah. from that for a few years because in a way you know i always would never like give in to to write stuff that was like bro country yeah. which yeah. is what yeah. they called yeah. it on yeah. the assembly line yeah. moving you know, on down same four chord progression yeah. mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. you know i wouldn't do that stuff but i was tapering myself and almost censoring myself in a way to try to try to fit in yeah and then whenever i've realized and especially just some of the people that i have around me now whenever i just sit down and say look i'm gonna take i don't care about a song being three minutes i don't yeah. care about how this is supposed to sound if radio will play it or whatnot i'm just gonna write whatever comes to me mm -hmm. and it doesn't honestly when i write songs like that it usually doesn't take me that long right. it just mm -hmm. kind of pours out mm -hmm. of me and that is some of the best stuff i ever write yeah yeah and there's you been there, i mean there's been actual studies where um uh, the reason why everything seems to sound the same is because it's designed that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you hear a song, if somebody hears a song that sounds familiar to another one they've heard, mm -hmm. they tend to like mm -hmm. it. So I'm, I've always said it's almost like a, a mom and pop business who put their blood, sweat, and tears into something versus, you know, a McDonald's. It's just, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's just kind of like automated. Music's just kind of like toilet paper. Just ship yeah. it out the door. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, like oh, if I, you need something new, let's. Right. It's, a pro it it's, a, it's a product. Yeah, you yeah. get the, there's you, like a you template the young, in there. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah, the yeah. young uh, up and comer. Yeah. Once they they're kind of getting older, and onto the next one, and it's just there's yeah, there's and, no substance. And I think even in country music, like I said, it's the only genre I can attest to. We are seeing, at least in this genre, there are people that are standing out and getting major recognition for doing something that is authentic. Uh, a girl, Ashley McBride who come onto the scene. I remember when she made her Opry debut and I was backstage, had no idea who she was. Mm -hmm. And she had this, this amazing song because she, she literally was the person that everybody <laughs> laughed at and was like, you will never, wow. you will never make it. You don't mm -hmm. look like a country singer. You don't fit the image of a, of a, you know, female country singers need to look like Carrie Underwood wow. and they need to be, right. you know, this, that, and this other. Back to the template you just yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this is what it's supposed to be. And she wrote this just, I mean, I get chills thinking about this mm -hmm. song is talking about, you know, her rise and her climb. And finally she got to the Grand Ole Opry, you know, country music's yeah. most sacred and biggest stage. And she sang the song, Not Bad for a Girl Going Nowhere. Wow. And it is just this, I mean, brought the house down into tears because 
That's real. Yeah. That that hits Even home. that title, it's, like, you know, it's like, and it's kind of oh like gosh. that Toby Keith song, you know, how do you like me now? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah. kind of, it's kind of similar in, I don't want to say the rock world, but I know in the punk rock scene, there is still that nostalgia where people want to grow up with the early 2000 yellow card or a simple plan or paramore. Mm -hmm. And we look at all these bands um, nowadays to where, Oh, okay. I'll give, sorry. I'm going to name out some things. People are going to be mad about me. Do it, Kenny. Uh, I'll name two paramore and fallout boy. Mm -hmm. They are not the same band as they once were Mm -hmm. back in the early 2000 when they were, everyone kind of noticed them as a, punk punk rock band and in more cases than none and now to where like so much drama and then or or sometimes sometimes it's related to um like well i'm just not into that we're not into that kind of music so they go what's trending for mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. present day paramore and present day fallout boy do, are, they do not sound like what they mm-hmm. used to and it's not i'm not trying to give beef on them to where like you should just stick with what you know I, I encourage them to continue to try and do new stuff, but I'm hoping that they're not being pushed to like, well, you need to do something different that's trendy or something. How about we get something real? Because like um, I'm speaking more for on Paramore from what I heard, uh, Haley Williams is possibly trying to get like in the early days, like this next album is going to be rock. Mm-hmm. Like it, we're going back to our rock roots. And I'm hoping that's not a peer pressure on on fans or whatever, because you shouldn't make music based on what fans like. I mean, it, it's your art. You mm-hmm. should, it should be authentic. Like mm-hmm. you were sure. talking mm-hmm. about, uh, but at the same time, it's like, are you, are you doing making music just because, you know, the record players, like you need to have something trendy or something like that. It's, or, a, it's an interesting dynamic because some of these artists, if you look at, and one that just draws my attention uh, Dolly Parton, for example, is one of those that she has somehow managed to continue, even today, <laughs> to remain relevant mm-hmm. through everything that she has done. And if you look, her stuff stylistically does kind of dabble mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, the way that I would kind of picture it is like, you know, when Dolly first kind of took the scene in the 70s and the, the late 60s, even stuff like Jolene was coming out and that was like stone cold country off the Porter mm-hmm. Wagner show. Well, then the eighties get here. Well, now you start hearing Dolly, but there's a little bit of that synthesizer kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. into it, you know, a little bit of that a little Whitney bit more Houston modern stuff. Yeah. In that kind of way, you know, yeah. but just a little bit yeah. to where you're relevant, but you're still real. Mm-hmm. And she kind of, she, she did that very well, but then you do have artists that where, like you said, some of them are insanely drastic mm-hmm. to where you listen to their first album, to what they've put out now. And you're like, sorry about that well we'll we'll put i'm sorry i'm gonna use her name taylor swift as an example when that's a good example the first time i've heard of her i'm sorry i know i know i'm sorry i'm sorry you you made freeman coya i know i know so but she's kind of a good example to where the first time i heard of her it was kind of pop country i don't know mm-hmm. and yeah then, I mean, that, that was the realm i mean she yeah. was she still had like a little bit of steel guitar and stuff and i liked her to be honest because i was like oh it's kind of cute you know teardrops yeah, yeah, on my guitar yeah, and yeah. tim mcgraw and all that kind of stuff and i'll let you continue talking about the travesty <laughs> that is her career <laughs> i'm not saying her career is a travesty <laughs> wow i'm not taylor if you're watching <laughs> i would still take that endorsement living, living down on, yeah uh but no it's just it's just one of those things where like can we get back to the auth like you were saying, like, what's give me something real again? Mm-hmm. Well, some of the artists, they change so much. You don't even know what is real. Yeah. Well, who are you? So yeah. well, because, I like you guys. I, I, I just like what you said. Um, stay relevant, but stay real. That's mm-hmm. a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I don't think they know how. They, I mean, well, I'm serious because I, I, I've never been signed to a major label. Um, that was a desire early, but mm-hmm. I, I actually thank God I wasn't now. And I wouldn't take one now right. uh, because what I've learned or read and stories that you hear, you do get into this machine. And if you fit the machine, cool. If you don't, you're done. <clears throat> and so if you <clears throat> excuse me, if you have people who've been in that mode and all you know is this machine, 
then that's how you build. And right. if you're putting stuff out, even that you, well, we don't want the stuff that you really want to do. We want the stuff that we need. We want the stuff that we can that mass produce. Money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. all it's about. That's all it's and about. so unfortunately you would hope that, okay, well, if you want that, you know, credibility mass, okay, go ahead and get that. But as soon as label doesn't want you go and find your fans, goes back to that, yeah. do what you love to do. And, Find the people that like it. I mean, I could go out tomorrow and and, and I don't do emo music or I don't know, just something that I don't do, yeah, yeah. right? And that would alienate, right, my fans. Well, if I really wanted to do that, I would just have to then go find those fans that right. like that music. Now, if that was authentic, because it right. don't do something if you number one, if you don't enjoy it. Right. Exactly. It's not worth it. Yeah. You know, you have to love it you first have yeah, to. or anybody else yeah, will yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. Or it's not worth it. The the joy and get it here, here's I guess the big point that I wanted to make uh was that the joy and the journey of making the music itself, that's the gold. Yeah. That's where the money is. Not, yeah. not the, the real money. But that's where it's at. Because if it's not that, and if, oh, I don't really want to do this. This is going to sell millions of records, but it's going to, it sucks. Don't do it. It's not worth it. All right. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was Waylon Jennings one time who said, don't ever cut a song that you're not prepared to sing every mm, night for the yeah. rest of your life. <laughs> you <don't. laughs> I have to man. say I've done that. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry to say. Wow. I try not to let it happen, but it has happened. Wow. Well, uh, I guess we'll cut it off from there. Uh, there was a lot more questions that I had prepared. However, um, that's kind of it. Um, we need to do a part two then. I know. Yeah, we, we can do a part, part two. two. Uh, just whenever this, things are not crazy uh, and our schedules are not crazy. Uh, so I like this time slot whenever we can. Yeah, do it. yeah for yeah. sure. Um, so before we go, I want to plug in each of you guys. So we'll start with Spencer. Where can people find more of your stuff? Because you have your own music, right? I do. Because um, I'm not necessarily uh, pushing or promoting anything specific right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, SpencerEzel.com can give you the story. And um, uh, I have been releasing singles over the last couple of years. Okay. Um, in 2019, I released a album called The Collection. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a greatest hits <laughs> compilation. Yeah. Um, but it was about 20 songs and it spanned from 2008 to 2018. So it was mm-hmm. a decade worth of music. Okay. Uh, so I released that. And then since then, over the last year or two, I've just released a couple of singles. I'm planning to do an EP coming soon. Nice. I've got a few things, but it's, I, I don't have a deadline set right. because I don't want to rush it. Yeah. Again, just hurry up and get something out yeah. there. So, you know, yeah. I want to make sure that I'm in love with it first. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I have a few songs that I have released videos for. Yeah. Um, that are going towards that. Uh, but other than that, I'm here at the church. Yeah. Uh, I started ministry in 2015 and uh, just gave my music to the Lord. And I've, I've loved it ever since. Sweet. So SpencerEzel.com just to look into that. Yes. And you, you can search me on YouTube. I've awesome. got several music videos through the years and stuff there. So Sweet. Uh, Freeman. What? <laughs> Where can people find you? After you talked you about just, Taylor. Swift. You, you just think? released an EP, didn't yeah, you? Yeah. I did. Oh my gosh, you are so. You, you mentioned Taylor Swift's career <laughs> and Freeman's gone. I think so, I, Jared. Uh, what are you really. <laughs> where, where can people find me? I'm here at the church. FreemanArthur.com. That is actually my website. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So, yeah, I did just put out an EP. I actually had recorded a, a really serious project mm-hmm. uh, with the entire Opry band on Music Row um, a little while back. And. Um, I had never, I just kind of released a single at a time and whatnot and really had not really known what I was going to call that project or what I was really even doing with it. And some of the songs just literally sat on my hard drive that I'd mm. paid, you know, lots of money to, yeah. to go in and cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then unfortunately, sadly, my grandfather passed away uh, mm. February 15th and it just kind of hit me the next day. I'm like, because I'd written a song right. uh, with mm. my good pal and mentor, Kent Blazy, mm-hmm. uh, who's written several number one hits, none for me yet. <laughs> um, but we wrote a song about him called Superman and mm-hmm. it just hit me. I'm like, you know, and that's a the, great song, by the yeah, way. Yeah, great song. Sure. Thank you. And, uh, the album cover was a picture that my mom had sent me that I had never seen before. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She sent me this picture and I thought it was of my older brother that he was, he was yeah, holding. Yeah. And she that said, you. that's, that's you. Wow. And I saw that picture and I'm like, 
that's my album that's cover. That's great. Yeah, for you sure. Know? And so I just, I did it and was like, you know, didn't even think twice about it. I'm like, yeah. boom, I'm yeah. just going to release yeah, that's this. that's great. So yeah, so I've got, I've got that project out. Um, you can go to my website. You can Google me. I have, I'm thankful to have a pretty unique name. So you Google <laughs> Freeman Arthur, you, you will find yeah, me. you will find Do me. not Google Arthur Freeman though. <laughs> Arthur Freeman is a murderer. I'm doing that now. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Somebody who killed yeah. somebody in Australia. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Don't go, not, don't go to Australia. <laughs> that's not that good. guy cut an album? <laughs> so yeah so so i just did that uh, i'm working on a few other music developments that i'm not quite ready to talk about but i'm hoping those you know come to fruition and yeah and i'm also i'm in the process of recording another very personal album that nice. i may or may not release but hmm. it's kind of gotten me into this mindset of you know I'm going to do something that's extremely real. Yeah. And wow. I think yeah, yeah. on this next project that I put out, a lot of people are going to find out a lot of things about me that oh, yeah. I otherwise have kind of kept Ooh, secrets hidden. about yeah. Freeman. Yeah. 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 And, oh, uh, you will gonna... save that for part two yeah, of the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so. that, you've been up those marketing drivers right there. Yeah, that's that sure, teaser. Yeah. Like, uh -huh. oh, I got to hear this. Ooh. I don't even like country music. I got to hear this. Uh, I do. I do like country music. <laughs> I'm saying that's just something. No, yeah. No, we're all in agreement that we yeah. appreciate music. I'm yeah, not definitely not dissing on anyone Taylor Swift. That's... Yeah. That's what's goo goo dolls. <laughs> that's what was so great. That's so what what is so great about our worship team too yeah. that I've always said yeah. and other people have mentioned is R and B, mm -hmm. country, rock. Mm -hmm. um, you uh, could say mine's rock and the rock. Yeah, area. rock yeah. and yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, and I work and I've worked with rappers. I wanted to get my friend who is a rap artist that we yeah. we've collaborated with. Mm -hmm. and Man, we were the next Lincoln Park if we wanted wow. to. But and when Kyle anyways. was with us, jazz. Oh, I mean, yeah. we had a little yeah. bit, of, and we can go yeah. any direction. We just follow each other, and it's yeah. just it's, yeah. it's great to it's have. Really cool, uh, Jared. Um, you also have a podcast and a website. You want to tell people about that? I do. So, um, JaredKFJones.com because unfortunately, I didn't trademark my name, Jared Jones, and somebody mm. else puts music out under that name. <laughs> And really? I'm sorry, I don't like his music. I'll tell you, Ooh. I'll tell you right now. Oh, Shots fired. The other, Shots yeah, fired. Yeah, that's right. the other yeah. Jared Jones. How much do we need to buy him out? No, <laughs> no, it's all good. No, I, I like the distinction. I like the authenticity of my name, Jared KF Jones. KF, yeah. Yep. So JaredKFJones.com to uh, to hear pretty much all my music. Uh, my latest single I mentioned, Baby Be Mine, is my first cover. Uh, I love Michael Jackson stuff, and so I said, let me do this ode to to one of my biggest music heroes. So that's out right now, and I'm working on some new stuff as well. Um, the the podcast that I have is yeah. actually so out of um, I'm 34 now. Oh my gosh, I can't even say that. I'm 35 now. Lord, You're I, I was saying I was 34. Yeah. Now I just wow. turned 35. Oh boy. Okay, okay. well I got to keep right. saying that. Well, I, over my time since I was a teenager through now, um, you know whatever kind of wisdom that I've gathered uh, throughout releasing my own music and doing, I want to share with other people. Um, because when I started, I was a big nerd. I, I would go into the books. Okay, well, how do you do this? I know not a lot of people like that now. Yeah. People, you know, especially, you know, the creative type and this, not every, everybody's different. So I said, okay, how can I share what, what, uh, any kind of wisdom that I have and then I continue to learn. So the song scope, the song scope podcast, uh, is, is something that I, uh, utilize to, um, Encourage. That's a big thing. I'm all about encouragement, encouragement uh, encouraging other artists, uh, helping guide other artists and songwriters just in terms of wherever they are. Hey, here's what I'm doing. So here's what I want to share. Right. And then that's another website, thesongscope.com. Uh, but the main one that if you want to hear my music, jaredkfjones.com. Nice. And that's another way to make that connection we've, we've talked yeah. about too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, we'll leave it here. Um, um, and I will put all the links that you guys mentioned into the description. Um, if you want to hear this, uh, we're on all platforms of podcast. Um, and if you can't find it, you're always welcome to go to www.kenscrew.com uh, to find it there. So uh, thanks for being here, guys. Hopefully we can do great. a part two. Absolutely. I Appreciate think we should. Yeah. we got to finish those questions. I know. I had like five other questions to do, but <laughs> we did two and just talked yeah, yeah. about it. Tune in next two. time for more, more questions and I will spill my deepest darkest secrets. Yeah. 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 We're going to shout Exclusive. We're going to We're going to to get those out of Freeman Freeman Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The dark side of Freeman Arthur. Next on Ken's Conversation. Right. You're, you're not far off. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Bye. Thank you, Ken. <laughs>